hello everybody and welcome again to the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. I am your host Gene Fleming, recording here at Lookout Mountain near Fort Payne, Alabama. My hometown, great place to live, great place to visit, and this podcast, Pushing 60 Aside, this is episode number 28. If you had asked me a year ago if I thought I'd be podcasting, I would have said, are you crazy? But yet, here we are. Uh, The whole purpose of Pushing 60 Aside is to uh, address the senior crowd. And I'm talking anybody that's getting mail from AARP, you know who you are. They start pestering us about age 55 and, and um, you know, and, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we need to improve and increase our awareness of issues that face senior citizens. But um, I'm kind of in a narrow window of focus in my working with seniors because when it comes down to it, um, I'm not looking at a at a complex list of things per se. I'm not looking at um, you know your final arrangement plans, creating a will. I'm not looking at uh, your finances and budget and retirement checks and uh, any of those kind of issues that are equally relevant to seniors. I'm strictly looking at what we're going to do with and to our bodies. Now that we've got a few years under our belt, how are we going to make this body of ours, um, how are we going to build this body of ours to ensure that we can lead active, productive, energetic, feel-good lives for many, many years to come? And, you know, so I understand that if you're listening, you may be 40, you may be 55 years old, but we're hoping that old age is coming for everybody because we really want to get there, but sometimes that's kind of scary because we've seen how old age goes for many people, and it's often fraught with medication and doctor's visits and prescriptions and frailty and loss of, of hearing ability or you know poor vision. There's so many things to consider, but my focus is on how do we keep you moving and active and able to continue doing things that you enjoy uh, regardless of your age. Now it stands to reason that uh, there's reasonable expectation of things that a 40-year-old should be able to do and likewise for a 50-year-old to be able to do uh, and for a 60-year-old to do. And when I approached age 60, I, I thought, okay, well, am I going to slow down? Am, am I going to find me a rocking chair, a pipe, and a, and a newspaper and, and sit there and and, and do little of anything every uh, every day, or if I'm, or am I going to continue to lead an active life? And my choice was I wanted to have an active life, and by active life I don't mean running marathons or or taking some kind of uh, taking up some kind of extreme sports. But in recent uh, weeks I've seen some testimonials of what some 60-year-olds can do when they set their mind to something. A friend of mine up in Minnesota decided that uh, one of his bucket list things he wanted to do was he wanted to do a non-stop 100-mile bicycle ride. Wow, wow, wow. All I can do is salute him because, uh, you know, he started training for this about a year ago. And this summer he pulled it off. So all I can do is stand up and say, salute Pete Trainer, because, man, that is just, uh, that's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, so has Pete been an athlete all his life? Well, not what you would call an athlete, like, 
you know, somebody that played college sports or professional sports or anything like that, but he's been a surfer and he's been a snow skier and a snowboarder. And uh, so Pete's always had a certain level of, of um, you know, physical activity, even his hikes to do some of his fantastic photography. These are the things that lights Pete's fire. You know, these are the things he really enjoys doing. And we all have something, at least I would hope we would, have something that we're passionate about, something we really dig. I mean, you know, when the weather's right, when the leaves are changing, when the snow is falling, uh, when the beach weather is right, there is something that we really like doing. And we don't want to have to give that up just because the calendar rolled up and said, you know, voila, you're, you're 65. You've got to stop doing all those things now. You, you need to think about shopping in outlet malls and, and um, you know, taking tour bus trips and, or maybe taking a cruise or something like that. But even those things have physical demands to them at some level. Uh, so, you know, this week I, I want to talk about variety. That's the kind of kick, the theme that I'm on this week in working out with uh, seniors. And um, so, you know, first of all, I want to give a shout out to, uh, well, I already gave a shout out to Pete, and I'm going to give a shout out to Deborah Brown. Uh, she's a regular listener and has been since the beginning. But uh, Deb is one of my personal clients, and I have permission to share some of her story with you. Uh, today is a monumental day in Deb's life. And, uh, you know, Deb is, um, in every sense of the word, an ordinary woman who has lived a very ordinary life, but she didn't do a lot of ordinary things, you know, as far as, you know, maybe being a... a, a full-time employed and earning a retirement or uh, she, she was a person that dedicated her life to taking care of her her parents and herself and and her home and uh, in the process Deb became what her doctor called super morbidly obese. Now a lot of people would have just thrown in the towel but uh, not Deb, not Deb. Somewhere deep down inside of her the desire to get well just just caught fire. The desire to, you know, come out of that category of super morbidly obese. And in short, super morbid obesity means literally she could have died any day. Okay, is that clear enough for you? She could have died any day. She could have had a heart attack. She could have had a stroke. Um, she could have had extremely low blood sugar, extremely high blood sugar. All sorts of things could have happened. Heck, she could have stumbled and fell and, uh, because she was at that high of a risk. So back in December, January, uh, you know, Deb started working on herself. And, you know, I'm very proud of her. And then a couple of months into it, I signed on as her personal trainer. And... Um, you know, now I've got to I've got to tip my hat to her because in the diet area, you know, she kind of figured that out on her own. You know, I didn't have to give her, you know, menus or a diet plan or suggest a certain strategy. Uh, she knew sugar was bad for her. She knew high salt was bad for her, and uh, so she eliminated most of the simple carbs. And, and the junk food, and the fast food, and the Subway, and uh, the McDonald's, or pizza, or, or whatever else she was munching on for all those years, 
that led up to her super morbid obesity. And um, so today is a day of celebration for Deborah. I'm very proud of her. Uh, this ordinary woman grabbed the, the bull by the horns, the horse by the reins, whatever you want to say, and she began wrestling with this health issue she had of being morbidly obese. And, um, and so, you know, so what's the key? The key here is less than 40 grams of sugar every single day. That's, that's it in a nutshell. There is no great mystery to this. 40 grams or less uh, sugar in her diet, her total diet, that means everything she drinks, everything she snacks on, everything she puts in her mouth, um, and part of her formulation is an increased level of protein in her diet. But don't be deceived. There's plenty of vegetables and legumes and and um, things like that in her diet too. You know, she she didn't just go, you know, become a beef eater or start thriving on nothing but protein shakes. And uh, some people are shocked that uh, you know that in her weight loss, she has routinely eaten oranges. She doesn't need a whole bag of them, but you know, if she wants some oranges or some tangerines or something like that. She eats them. And now the other, the other part of this celebratory day for her is that, um, and I know I'm kind of parsing this out, but you know it is a podcast, and, and so the story has merit. The other part of her story that is so phenomenal is Deb got a Fitbit and she started walking. Well, you know, uh, and when she couldn't walk, she danced. And, and I'm not talking about doing the cha-cha or the samba or salsa or anything like that. As best as she could at her house where she lives, she puts on the music and she moves her feet and her arms and she stayed active every day. Wearing a Fitbit, her goal was to get 10,000 steps a day. Did the Fitbit make her lose weight? No. What it did was created consciousness in her mind about her level of activity. And uh, these days it's, it's nothing uncommon for Deb to amass the equivalent of 35 or 40 miles a week in physical activity combined with walking, working out in the gym, and um, her dance routine that she does. You know, and who am I to judge? Because I, I don't. If this is the formulation that works to help her recapture her health, then all I can do is stand back and say, good job, and, and applaud loudly, because it's fantastic. Why is today a day of celebration? I know you're waiting. Just some, Come on, Jane, give it to me. Just tell me what she's celebrating today. Well, today, and Tuesday is our weigh-in day, today Deb has officially lost 100 pounds. 100 pounds. Wow. That's a lot of weight. That could be the size of an entire 6th or 7th grade child. I mean, it's, it's a lot of weight. It, it, it really is. And the good thing about it is, in this process, Deb's not only lost body fat, she has gained a lot of muscle. Yeah, that's some of the results of working out in the gym and the dancing and, and the physical activity and, a, and a plenty of protein in her diet. That's, that's part of the outcome. And some people fear that. They say, well, if I start lifting and I start adding muscle, won't that make me heavier? Well, 
Consider the trade-off. Consider this, please, the trade-off. When a person starts losing body fat, which is a part of a human body, which is a necessity in, in, a, in a modest amount, um, when they start losing body fat and replacing it with muscle fiber, body fat burns no calories except for the burden of you carrying it around all day. Muscle, on the other hand, is an active living cell group that burns energy all the time because muscle is in a constant state of being used. It's in a constant state of building and repairing and cell maintenance. And so her resting metabolic rate went up. It, it, it went up because there's more muscle in her body requiring more of this physical maintenance and turnover of cells and, and, and muscle growth and everything. Now, she's not bulked up like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but let me tell you about yesterday in the gym because her workouts are, are, are not tedious. Well, maybe they are tedious in the fact that they're sometimes hard, but... How boring would it be if for these last seven and a half months, all she did was go to the gym and walk on a treadmill every single day, even if she walked an hour? What if she walked two hours? You know, oh my Lord, you know, just staring straight ahead, maybe watching the little TV in the gym, uh, maybe listening to a podcast, maybe listening to you know, her playlist on her earbuds, but, you know, you know, after a while, the tedium of this same identical, do the same thing every day over and over, even the body gets used to that. It, you know, it can get used to that and say, okay, well, this is all we do. We just get on a treadmill and we stumble forward for a magic amount of time, say two hours, and bam, I've got my exercise done for the day. And that, that, that is conceivable, and some people have home treadmills, and that's what they do, and they burn some calories, and get, they get their heart rates up, and that's all fine and good. But what if we don't just ride a treadmill or an elliptical or a stationary bike? What if we do some HIIT training? And by HIIT training, I'm talking about us walking on a track, getting warmed up, getting loosened up, uh, walking a pretty brisk pace, and then every other lap, we run or jog as fast as we can for the next one-tenth of a mile. And then we walk. And then we walk lap after lap. And then we jog it as fast as we can go for another tenth of a mile. That's called HIIT training, high-intensity interval training, taking the heart from kind of a, a, a modest pace of exercise and walking to really you know, bringing the heart rate up into the cardiovascular range and then bringing it back down. And, and you say, well, that sounds crazy. Well, it is. In a way, it's a crazy great way to burn some calories, to build endurance. And if a person is interested in losing weight, HIIT training is one of the most effective ways to really get the biggest bang for your buck in an exercise session. So yesterday, what's the day in the gym look like? Well, we go for a long walk to start with. Not a particular fancy walk, 
But in the middle of that walk, we stop and do air squats. And then we do fingertip wall push-ups. Now, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's something that women can do. And so she and her workout partner, um, you know, we walk, 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 and then we do some muscle work. And then we walk, 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 and do some muscle work. And then we walk, 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 and maybe we throw a hit in the mix. So we're throwing all this different type physical activity at her body almost at random, but with a plan. The, the plan is burn some calories and get the heart rate up and then build some muscle. You know, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, a three, it's a three goal thing. And then when we've hit about the three and a half or four mile point, we break off onto weightlifting. Now, sometimes when we're weightlifting, we know what our, our loads are. We, we know, you know, say Deb can do 110 pounds on a leg press. And so she can do three sets of 10 or 12 lifts at 110 pounds and, you know, work on our leg strength. But yesterday, we didn't just do 10 or 12 repetitions with the weights at the heavy weight she can lift. We cut her weight in half. We went down to 60 pounds, but did 25 lifts. And then we took a little break. And then we did 25 more leg lifts. And then we did 25 more leg lifts at maybe 50, 60 pounds. Uh, it's an intensive endurance burning, uh, endurance building workout that burns a lot of calories and it tasks the muscles in a whole different way. And then we, as soon as we're done with legs, we move over to a chest machine or a shoulders machine or a triceps machine or a thigh machine, working strictly on leg extensions. And we keep moving this around quickly, then to the ab machine and in the ab machine doing 75 ab crunches on the machine, doing, um, you know, lat press downs on a machine, half the normal weight, double the reps, and we do this in very fast succession. It's called circuit training. Wow, the body is really confused now. Because, you know, I'm not saying your body thinks, but the human that owns the body is thinking, wow, this is, what we, this is not normally what we do. So we kind of threw a wrench in the work, if you know what I mean. We we surprised the body. It's almost like we knocked on the door of the body and said, wake up. You know, I might be 57, 60 years old, 49 years old, however old we are in our group. But today, I'm going to train you at a higher level with more intensity. Well, what happens on the next gym session? Well, the next, session, next gym session, we're going back to step aerobics with lightweight dumbbells. Wow. It, it, it's one of those things you'd have to experience, but this is what trainers do. We task people, uh, in, in, not just in their bodies, but in their minds and in their willpower and in their spirit, and we encourage them and we coach them and we applaud them. We give them fist bumps and high fives. We take happy photos, uh, and we weigh in together and do stuff like that too. And we monitor you know, our blood pressure and our blood sugar and and what our hearts are doing. And the benefit of having a trainer is that I'm the guide in the process, you know. And, 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 and yes, by the way, in case you wondered, everything my clients do, I'm doing it right along with them because I would never ask a fitness client to do something that I myself was not willing to do. 
and and so we make it a team thing where we're kind of playing musical chairs on the machines and then we finished up all that high intensity circuit training we got back out on the track and we did about a 15 minute cool down walk to kind of bring us back into a place of of calm and you know reducing our heart rates and and during that process we also rehydrate because uh, this is what we do now can a person do this all by themselves sure they could they could you can you could buy a book you could download a YouTube video you could figure out some of these different strategies of working out but the key to keep from getting bored with doing this working out thing is variety well okay I've got Monday we did circuit training high intensity low weight high volume in the repetitions and Wednesday we're going to do um, step aerobics with light dumbbells you know but it, it's all exercise and every bit of it is intended to strengthen every muscle group in the body and to burn a lot of calories that, that's that's part of the deal and we burn some calories we improve our flexibility our mobility our ability to balance and this is possible at age 60 and beyond until next time this is gene if you can learn a few things from me learn this mix up what you do to take care of your body you know cycle one day bike another day do the elliptical another day lift some weights a couple of three days a week your body will respond you know it's kinda like tricking it a little bit but but if you keep doing it week after week month after month you get stronger you, you just get stronger and it helps your mind so much so whatever you do this week take care of you think about the long term you might be doing just fine right now but I want to be doing fine a year from now five years from now ten years from now and I'm shooting for 30 years from now I'll be 90 almost 92 in 30 years I hope I'm not doing podcast any longer but if I am I hope you're still listening because you took care of yourself and you ate healthy food and you smiled a lot and you made good friends this uh, thing that we do in the gym it's not just trainer and clients there's a kinship a friendship that happens in that relationship with your trainer and you say well I just can't afford a trainer these days I'm beginning to think people can't afford not to have a trainer it may be this best um, hundred hundred fifty dollars a month you spend if it keeps you alive and healthy how about that what 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 if working with a really good trainer that you really like who pumps you up who who drags you out and 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 puts you through these intense workouts to empower you wouldn't it be worth that wouldn't it be worth it maybe to maybe even do it for a month and you know I don't know the trainers where you live necessarily but you know there there's a whole bunch of us out there there's young ones that are 25 and there's older guys in their 40s and there's guys like me that are over 60 and still training people you can find somebody you can relate to who will motivate you who will not shame you who will encourage you who will check on you who's more interested in your health than the money you're putting in their pockets 
Until next time, hey, this is Gene on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and may the good Lord truly bless you this week.